You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by the Aiton to the Bamba that is Isaac Harris, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me? <laughs> to the Aiton to the Bamba. <laughs> the Aiton to cool. the Bamba. All right, Nick. So I got a question for you. If you could sum up Mavs fans, their feelings towards Rick Carlisle right now, would you choose one, angry, two, confused, three, he's doing the best that he can, or four, he's the best? What would you think that the crowd's overwhelming response would be? What was the second one? Angry, confused, doing the best he can, and he's the best. Is angry and confused the same thing, or are those different? No, angry is option one. It's going to be... One and two are going to be the highest, and I'm going to go with one as the highest for what Mavs fans think. They're angry. Ooh. So we ran a poll on the Smoking Cuban, and it's still ongoing. Just did a couple hours ago. Right now, angry is the last. Really? Confused is the overwhelming favorite. Doing the best he can is after that. Then he's the best, and then angry. Interesting. So to me, that just says that the – Angry crowd is the overwhelming majority of people that actually like tweet real words. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like on Reddit, they call them lurkers. That the lurkers are just like the, the people that read stuff and don't ever post anything. So those people, those people will vote in polls because it's not super evasive. You don't have to get, you don't have to put yourself out there at all. And so those people are the ones that are voting for this, <laughs> which I would be in the confused category. But I liken it to Rick Carlisle has been the teacher or professor that you really really liked. You go into the class, you enjoy going to the class, the professor teaches really, really well, and you know you just enjoy the class, you're actually kind of learning something, even though you still don't really pay attention, don't really care, So, but you're there, you like it, you don't hate going to the class, and then all of a sudden, one day, he just throws this pop quiz at you, and it's awful, and it's terrible, and you know that it's worth like 20, or you know, 10 or 20% of your grade, and then for college, you know, or you know, if you're in high school, then it's like, you know, just out of nowhere this quiz that's just terrible and ridiculous and he gives no reason why for it and then all of a sudden you're just like wait why and you just almost feel betrayed i think that's that's how i kind of feel if i was a mavericks fan that's how i would feel about rick carlisle right now that's an interesting analogy i kind of like it somehow i do like it it's that feeling of betrayal you know you, you feel but be- almost betrayed because you're like man this is rick carlisle he's supposed to be you know the second best th- you know second third best coach in the nba and we're seeing just this weird stuff where we're seeing nerland's noel nerland's noel has been on the court five more minutes than dwight powell this season <laughs> so there's no there's no way anyway yeah i think i would say confused also None of us, you know, it's like we've said before, none of us expect us to be a playoff team, but none of us expect us to be this bad either. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that we've talked about before, but there are some things just as a 
you know, we're not saying we know better than Carlisle, but just one plus one equals two of like why we're not playing a certain player, you know, stuff like that. And New Orleans is about the only thing I'm like super really confused about. Yeah. I mean, I get confused of why they put Dwight in sometimes and stuff like that, but and I understand playing JJ and Devin the minutes they do. You know, some people are on Twitter saying, "Hey, why are we even play JJ and Devin?" Like, I understand playing them some. I don't understand why Nerlens doesn't play more than what he does. That's the one thing I'm just like really confused about. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know as far as the relationship and what's being said and stuff like that 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 could be playing into a lot of this. Yeah, there are certain games like you know the the Pelicans game where we understand why Nerlens didn't play as much because he got outplayed by Salah. You know that's something you you, you kind of understand at that point. But then there's other games like this game that we're about to talk about. It just does not make any sense why Nerlens Noel was not playing in this game as much. He played uh, just under you know 14 and a half minutes in this game. He was the the you know the only three Mavericks that played that had you know a lower minute total than him were Salah, who was in big foul trouble early and then just lost Rick Carlisle's, you know, trust. Then, uh, Jan Clavel, Jiverson and, uh, Jeff Withy, who basically only played the last two minutes of garbage time. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, there's no, there's no explanation. The only explanation for that is, Hey, we want to, cause I mean, Maxi play Maxi was a plus 18 and played 22 minutes. And the only explanation is saying, Hey, at least Maxi and Dwight can, shoot a decent outside shot, you know, when at least you, they're going to close out on them shooting a three compared to if Nerlens is shooting a three and the fact that we're, we were down by so much. That's the only thing that you can even remotely think about. Oh, that's why we didn't put Nerlens in there more. Yeah. And they went to that weird, you know, Maxi Dwight, Jeff with lineup for a little bit there, <laughs> just, you know, with those three guys all playing. And, uh, I watched the, I watched the Celtics, Orlando game today and man Jonathan Simmons would look really good in Mavericks uniform he's running their he's running their like point right now right well they, they started him at point tonight because he they wanted the defense against Kyrie and so yeah he was bringing the ball up but they run their offense through Vucevic and uh and Fournier they just run this you know pick and roll back and forth thing where they have Gordon and, and Jonathan Isaac just coming off the wings whenever and putting tip back dunks in and Vucevic is Vucevic's I mean He's turned into a, a solid player for them. The, the Magic have eight guys that are shooting between 39 and 56% from three. <laughs> like, actual rotation guys. Aaron Gordon's shooting like 58% yeah, from three. Yeah, right he's now. the 58 one. <laughs> he's the it's one. insane. It's crazy. Anyway, but I just thought I just thought that because we talked about Jonathan Simmons over the, the summer, uh, and I was definitely, hey, hey, I was definitely yeah. right on that one. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I said it felt like it was like two or three weeks ago I said – you know, that was one guy I was wrong on. I mean, it you know, it was one of those signings where I was like, mm, okay, like they didn't overpay, but I didn't think it was like a super big bargain either. Yeah. Uh, I did think he was more of a, a system player and that he was just, you know, just an average, like, okay, rotation player. And he's playing big time ball right now for him. And, and normally he's leading their second unit and he's, that's kind of who the offense goes to in that yeah. second unit a lot. And they're, they're ticking right now. It's weird, but, uh, yeah, it's working. So that's as much Orlando Magic talk as I thought we would ever talk about all season long. But <laughs> hey, it's weird. They're what are they? Uh, five, six, and four now. <laughs> Gosh, they were the second, second in the East. They yeah. were like tied with Detroit. They were first for a couple of days there. All right, before we get into the the uh, Memphis 
or not the, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves game. Before we get awesome. into all that, we wanted to uh, plug a couple of pieces that we've been working on. Isaac just dropped his top five draft prospects um, for the 2018 draft. Just a, a quick look at you know the, the top five guys that are on a lot of people's big boards right now. There's sort of this consensus top five right now. Um, and he takes a look at, at all of those. So go check that out. We will talk about those guys in a minute. And then also, uh, I have a piece for Mavs Money. But, oh, that's on the Smoking Cuban, by the way, if you're new to the show. Uh, so go smokingcuban.com. Go check out that piece. I also have a piece uh, about Dennis Smith Jr. It's called Dennis Smith Jr. We Gotta Stay half full, uh, Glass Half Full about the, uh, the rookie wall Dennis Smith Jr. is going to run into and how difficult it's going to be. A couple quotes from him and Carlisle in there. And then the piece I want to get to first that you wrote is the tank rank. I enjoyed this piece because it was, uh, <laughs> it's basically the, the tankathon, but with your opinion and your, your backing, you know, behind it. Yeah. I mean, right now we're, you know, I don't, I don't really like talking about tanking and, you know, I'm, I'm not a pro tanker, you know, I've been obvious about that. Um, but right now that's what Mavs fans are wanting. I mean, we're one in 10 worst record in the league and, saying, hey, like, where are we at with some other teams? And we talked about Orlando a little bit ago. Before the season, we looked at these teams that are all supposed to be bad this year, and there was a group of, you know, seven or eight teams that were like, man, they're going to be really bad this year. And One of them was the Magic that we just talked about. Yeah, a couple of them. Orlando Magic. Indiana Pacers. Yeah. I mean, that's two right there. We're like, man, they're going to be bad. Like, I watched top them five earlier today, bad. and that that team is interesting. <laughs> they they just do a lot of really good things. And it's you know it it's in you look at it, and you know I saw a tweet earlier today, and it was from I think it was Peter Vesey, old school legend reporter, and he said, "Hey, what was that story you know, he broke this summer? It was the Lakers one, the tampering. Oh yeah, I love Peter Vesey, but he <laughs> said, "Hey, does Durant have a point with like playing for Donovan?" And he was talking about like Cantor's putting up big numbers right now, Oladipo, Sabonis, like some of these guys that are leaving. Wow, that is a Don- really good point. Donovan's system, and he's like, and now they're like kind of balling out. And is that the anti-Russ effect? Anyway, that's a whole different story. But the Pacers are doing well right now. The Magic are doing well right now. Even the Knicks, we see Porzingis just going off right now, which I love. The Grizzlies for you are are, you know, are doing better. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Grizzlies are are killing it right now. And even like I mean, a lot of people predicted Philly to be kind of where they're at, but it's just a lot of these teams that we expected are not down at the bottom. So when I did my like groupings of teams right now, I called like the last group really the the Panzer group after the Panzer Panzer Tink Tank Tink and uh, it's like really an actual just, tank. Yeah, yeah, it's actual tank, and so it's. You know, really, it's a if you want to look at the worst teams in the league right now, or people that are tracking, you know, this top five pick, or how Dallas can land this top three or top one pick. Uh, really, you're looking Keep at doing about what you're doing. <laughs> four or five teams. I mean, Sacramento and Dallas and Atlanta and Chicago. I mean, outside of that, there's a group of teams like New York and some way, you know, that are riding their one star kind of to where if that star went down, oh, how they dare would... you? How dare you? Frank Nielakina balled out tonight. He hit a clutch three. He played some awesome defense. That guy, he's an all star waiting to happen. He's actually playing well. So no, yeah, half of that was, was, you know, sarcasm. And half of that was like, dang, like he really did actually play well tonight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah, the, he's playing well right now. So and like Phoenix is one of those teams where 
are they going to continue? You know, they've been playing really well since they fired their coach. So <laughs> now they're going to gonna... Triano. Yeah. And if, you know, what if they get something like decent back for Bledsoe, that's not a draft pick. Yeah. Could they continue moving on? And even your boys and Lakers, I mean, I, we know that they're not going to be a playoff team, but how dare you? But, you know, they're doing decent right now. So they're, anyway, uh, they're playing neck and neck right now with the Grizzlies. If they win, they'll be 500, <laughs> which, they, which they did last year. They were 10 and 10 last year. But anyway. Yeah. So it's just a series. I'm going to keep updating once a month, twice a month when injuries happen. You know, for instance, like what if Porzingis got hurt? You know, immediately the Knicks would rise up my like tank rank and they'd, you know, get into that top four with the you know Mavericks and them you know what if Seth comes back and Dallas like Dallas has a roster that does not you know does not belong in that group yeah and you know what if Dallas turns some things around wins you know four out of six games or something and you know they'll move back in the tank rank so it's something I'm gonna keep updating as time goes and teams will come teams will go but it's it's whatevs it's it's whatevs it's an interesting look at you know the teams around Dallas right now because some people are already looking at the tank rank. I've already had people all weekend. People have been tweeting me about, you know, who's the top five in the draft? Who are your top five? You know, who are you looking at? People tweeting me just the the screenshot of the standings. Like I understand I've had, I've had friends, you know, that are, that are not basketball writers like tweet me or text me and be like, man, I feel so bad for you right now. The Mavs are one in 10, just like sending, basically sending condolences to me. Yep. Which is like, guys, it's so sad. <laughs> but okay. with that, I mean, we have to dive into it. It, it. We have to look at the guys in the draft because that's it's right at this point in the season, unless the Mavs turn it around. And I wrote in my piece, you know, that's going up on Mavs Moneyball about how Dennis Smith Jr. thinks they can actually do that and turn it around. But unless they do that, we got to look at the top five in the draft. Uh, because that's probably where they're going to be, which is complete deja vu from last year because the Mavericks were awful. They had the worst record in the NBA at some point, and then all of a sudden they you know, went on this hot streak and fell, fell slash rose, depending on which way you want to look at it, up to, you know, to the ended up being in the ninth spot. But this is exactly the way it went last year, just a little worse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does feel like deja vu. Just I feel like it was just last week we're sitting in that – the old locker room, um, asking the same questions, yeah. you know, when, how are you going to get a win coming up and how you taking the losing? And it, it feels like it was just yesterday, but now it's just, it was a little more new last year though. Like, cause that was, oh, yeah, that yeah. was a way brand new thing that the Mavericks had never done before. Like they made that whole big deal about, you know, Dirk and his, and the beards, the 500 beards and you know, all that <laughs> stuff, like trying to stay 500. And then all of a sudden it was just the year from hell last year. And somehow now they're worse, except for they have, you know, this piece in Dennis Smith Jr. that actually is way more exciting than anything that they had last year. (laughs) Yeah, and, I mean, it's way more exciting and, you know, the biggest kind of building block that we've had in a long time as far as, like, a building block that has potential for the future to be something really special. So who are your top five potential building blocks in the 2018 draft? Let's just go one, one to one. So I'll, you'll name your first, I'll name my first, and we'll go just back and forth and talk about them. Well, so the, I feel like it's a top five draft. Like I tweeted that out last night because, you know, obviously after Minnesota won, you know, over the weekend, people all, you know, they've just been talking draft nonstop. And I, I get that. And we're going to talk about it more 
over the next months and it's pretty much going to be the main subject we're going to talk about a lot because that's part of our season now and but Ugh, it's I a to watch college basketball again oh please i love college basketball how, but how can you like college basketball anyway it's a it's a top five draft to me it's been a top five draft it's five prospects basically after that there's some intriguing players um yeah. there's some intriguing players for sure but it's a top five draft so my like, piece i heard of, you're really high on grayson allen I mean, I'm really high on the the song he played at the Duke. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't stand that guy. Uh, at the pep rally, yeah. The Duke had what? like this pep rally. So Grayson Allen's a player at Duke, and Isaac's a UNC fan. So I right, so stupid. Duke, but they played. Uh, and every time we touch, like and every time we touch, I get, I get this, this feeling. feeling. Like they, oh. but. It was like at a pep rally, so it looked like they were going to do a dance to it, and they just all got in the center, like the entire team. And then Grayson Allen just like walks out, and they so play this. Stupid. They play the song, and they just start like dancing around on a court, just like an empty court with a full packed, you know, room of people. And it looked it was, like a freaking it was rave for like a thirteen-year-old party. It was very party. weird. Anyway, my piece that came out on Sunday was all because I've got a few tweets. Like, what would be the best fit? fit what yeah. what is what was dallas needs so my piece that came out sunday was about best fit from a dallas perspective best overall prospect best fit with the mavericks what is the biggest need for the mavericks um so anyway that's the perspective that's what i touched on in the piece top overall prospect for me is michael porter jr it's been that way then nothing has changed the man i mean 610 seven foot wingspan can play the three and the four they list him a lot as a four his his coach at Missouri, you know, yeah, he it's his coach. Uh, you know, the whole situation with Washington, him decommitting, going to Missouri because the coach got fired. All the whole unique situation. Now he's at Missouri. His coach at Missouri now compared it. He said it's a combination of Durant and Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I and, saw that comment in your piece, and I said, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, and that yeah, is- I mean, he's obviously shooting for the stars with that, but. Just seeing him on a court, he's immediately an offensive mismatch for anybody he's yeah. playing. He can shoot right over the top of anybody. He handles the ball. He just he's the full package of what you would want in a wing. And he's gonna stay at my number one spot unless an injury happens, unless somebody else does something crazy. But yeah, he's one for me. He's my number two on my list right now. I haven't done as nearly as much you know research on these guys yet but my my big question for him going into this year is is defensively you know the coach says that he's going to be like a garnett or you know like a durant and those guys both present you know huge you know advantages on defense is that something that he's going to bring to the table or is he just going to be another guy like a uh, like a michael beasley you know a guy that you know can ball out he can get his get a shot from anywhere but doesn't bring you anything on the defensive end well, it's kind of. I mean, he does have the. He's six ten with the seven foot wingspan, so it's it's not, you know, it's it's one of those things. So he's definitely gonna have to be coached on. But it's not, you know, at Missouri, he he's gonna be focused as the main scoring option. He's not going to a Duke. He's not going to a Carolina or something. It's gonna he's gonna be the focus of the whole program. So defensively, I don't I don't know how much we're gonna get you know to see a ton of it because. So much of his focus is going to be offense. But, I mean, when you look at, like, Fultz and, you know, Lonzo and some of these guys coming out, Dennis Smith Jr., you know, defense was never a thing that, you know, we started off with. No, but, yeah, but we're, I just want to see a couple flashes. Give me give me a really yeah, good yeah. steal. Give me a give me a nice block. Give me some – give me something. Give me a pick-and-roll switch that I can look at and be like, oh, okay, he, you know, look at that right there. He can actually make a right decision. So that's just my big question for him. 
The, my, my number one is Luka Doncic. I just oh, I think that he's Lonzo with a with a fixed jumper. <laughs> he's six seven Lonzo with a jumper. I I think just seeing some of the passes and I'm definitely buying into the hype at this point. But it's early. What what else are we gonna do but buy into the hype? Yeah, Doncic is really interesting to me. I'm lower on him than some, and when I say lower, he's at number four for me. So it's not like super low. Um, the the only thing like his passes are fun. He's fun to watch and all this stuff. The only thing with Doncic is a couple things. His athleticism kind of scares me coming to the next level. When you see these Europeans, if they're not a big something from Europe that is kind of difficult to translate as far as there is their athleticism playmaking. Um, that's my only thing. You know, he's, you said he's a six, seven, I think he's like two thirty. Yeah. you know, he's not, he's not a, a link. He's not a bender type that he's wearing just like skin and bones. Or Brandon he's, Ingram. Yeah. 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 Or an Ingram. Like he's super fun. Like he's super fun to watch. I get the hype. I get the, you know, Twitter loves him. The fact that he's international he, in Dallas. He just had a like, month where he averaged 24 points a game. It was like six rebounds, six assists, something like that, five assists or something, or seven, and uh, shot 60 percent from the field, 40 something percent from three. <laughs> like, and he's and he's 18. Yeah, and he's been balling out in the Euroleague for since he was 16. And these are and, against grown men too. This is this is not like your this is not like the G League, and this is not like college basketball. This is like dudes that are. Like uh, like who's over there? Rudy Fernandez right now. You know, like a guy yeah. that was an NBA veteran that's over there right now playing. You know, like these thirty year old dudes, and he's been playing there for a while. Yeah, I mean, his shot looks not. I mean, a lot of times when you see like playmakers like uh, a Teodosic or something, you know, Teodosic can shoot, but sometimes you'll see like a playmaker like a Rondo or something, and they don't have a shot or whatever it is. And, or Lonzo, and, man, this and thing is. or Lonzo, yeah, but but Doncic has the shot. You know, defensively scares me. He gets beat off the dribble a lot. Whenever you watch film on, like it, they just go right past him. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's what that's what when you're looking at the top five. Like I said, it's a top five draft. When you're looking at the top five, you're just finding like the reasons of why you would put a player down. And as far as like fit with Dallas, why I wouldn't take him like number one is like I think Dennis is the best Dennis we can have is the ball in Dennis's hands, and whoever gets Luca. You need to evolve your whole offense around him. You need he can play off the ball some, but he's going to be the best whenever you play him a point four like a LeBron type. Get him the ball, let him run the offense, run the show, structure your offense through him. And I just don't know if we're gonna we would get the best Dennis Smith Jr. if we have you know if we if we're rolling Doncic you know the offense like you'd have to pick kind of. You know, it's great to have two playmakers. That would be fun. And Dennis does need a, another guy that can play make, but I don't know. I just don't know if that would be the best that would bring out the best in Dennis. Yeah, that would be it would be interesting to try to fit that. I just think that he's a better talent at this point. Maya, so I had Porter Jr. at number two. Who did you have? I have DeAndre Ayton. I am I'm all aboard DeAndre Ayton. In my thing, I, you know, the first thing I did was best prospect. Next one was the biggest need and the biggest or and the best fit. And I had DeAndre Ayton at both of those out of these top five prospects. The man, like you saw, there, there's footage of his of their first scrimmage the other day. And I know they played a scrimmage that looked like a upward basketball team. Do, do you know what upward is? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Like, it looked like an upward Little League basketball yeah, team. For he anybody l- that doesn't know what upward basketball is, it's like your, it's like a church league, basically, where like little kids that aren't good and aren't going to make their team go and play. It's like a Little League, but a Christian-based Little League system. And there's kinda. no... If there was an upward Little League World Series like they do for baseball, it would be the most unwatchable thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so it would be... Like, he looked like Wilt Chamberlain out there against those guys. <laughs> but, man, I mean, he, he just has... He has the frame. Like when you see him and you compare him to like watching Derlins, I mean he's yeah. seven foot he's seven foot one, two hundred and sixty pounds, seven foot five wingspan, and a forty six inch vertical. Like he posted a video on his Twitter. No, 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 it's not forty six, it's forty three. My bad. But still, crazy still, for a seven foot. Still he's guy. already tall enough. You know, it's not yeah. like he, if he had a 48 he, like Dennis does, what would he do with it? <laughs> he posted he posted a video on his Twitter of him, like of his 43 inch vertical. And I, was, I mean, it's just insane. It's right at the goal. But he's a stretch five, too. Like when you watch wow. him, he has a nice shot on him. He he can bang. Like that's the thing. And I put it in the piece like when you get these Nerlens type of center prospects where you get even the Bombas. And this is why I put him over Bomba. If they're you know if they're super long and lanky they can't bang down low right and then if they do have a bang down low body then they can't really shoot from outside or they're not really that athletic well he's the the combination of both and you know I had a guy tweet at me today and said hey he's got motor issues he's got motor problems I'm sorry but I can't come I can't bring any type of motor issues before he's even played a single college basketball game yeah. like a motor thing, I, I'm not holding that against him in high school or AAU. It's a whole different ball game. Whenever you're seven foot one, you're a, basically the Wilt Chamberlain of high school, and you're trying to say like he's playing play, players like me and you, and you're trying to say it's How a motor problem you? or something like like. <laughs> I don't take I don't take motor stuff into effect right now, but he's gonna be fun to watch Arizona. Arizona's gonna be one of the teams that I'm sure Nick and I will be talking about, saying you know watching highlights of Aiden this season. Because, and why I said biggest need or best fit with this Nerland situation, we've, we said a few pods ago, we, we're going to go into next summer with a clean slate at a center, it looks like. So, Nerland's could leave. Salah's a restricted free agent. Even at, like if Dirk comes back or if he retires, like all of a sudden we have this massive hole at center. And at this point, Aiton and Dennis Smith having those two cornerstones uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, he's my number three. That jump shot really intrigues me. Uh, at number four, I have Marvin Bagley. Uh, he, to me, he just seems like Jonathan Isaac with a little bit better of an offensive game. Yeah, yeah. Bagley is a ba- Bagley's intriguing because you know he reclassified. I mean, he was the number one player in next year's draft. Yeah. Reclassified, came to Duke, uh, come in, came into this thing, and you know, as soon as he came in. You know, a lot of draft scouts that have scouted these people way more than we have said he's immediately number one over Porter, over eight, yeah. over Donkage. And, you know, he looked really rusty in his scrimmage. Though that I watched some of that scrimmage, you know, Duke's first game looked super rusty. But, man, I mean, there's not a single guy that talks scout that talks bad about him. And this is why you say a top five draft because any of these top, you know, four to five guys, like, I you know I have Bagley right in there and it's just he's a lefty six ten guy. My only thing and Sam Vincenzi said this on it was a podcast I don't know what it's called. It was with Danny Larue. It was on some Sam Vincenzi's podcast. No 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 it wasn't his it was a different one but he was a guest on it. Oh the real GM and, podcast. 
It could have been. I don't know. He was talking about it, and he brought up a good point. He said the only thing with Bagley is figuring out what position he is because yeah. he's not as, like, stretchy to be a four, but he's not, like, lengthy-wise to be a five. And you would you want these guys to be a four or five. It's something they'll figure out, and he's going to go one through five, somewhere through there. But that's the only – but Bagley, man, he, he – for his size – he has so much explosiveness, and to get to the basket at a 6'10", 6'11", frame, it's crazy. Duke's so loaded this year. Like, they're just going to be unfair to watch. I'm going to be excited to see every every pod after Duke wins, see how it, upset you're going to be. It hurts. It hurts my soul. Who did you have at four and three? Uh, Well, actually, I'm looking at now. I had Porter one. I had Bagley two. I had eight and three. Wow. Yeah, I had Bagley over eight. And at four, I had Donkic. And I know that, like, I don't want to, like, I feel like all the hype's around Donkic right now. Even, like, Kirk, you know, from Moneyball is all about, you know, like, I feel like a lot of Moneyball is all about him. You know, I, even talking to our staff at, you know, Smoking Cuban, our oh. big, you know, group message, everybody's, you know, all aboard the Luca hype train. And I get it. Like, he's so fun. Like, he's fun. <laughs> I get that. And he, he would be super fun to bring in. The hype would be so fun. I just think right now, and this is way early, some of these guys, you know, we're seeing footage of Luca playing right now. We haven't seen a single game hardly of Porter, Bagley, Aiden. And I feel like a lot of you guys, a lot of you listeners are going to come around and be like, okay, Luca is really fun. But when you see Porter get out there with his length and put up some crazy highlights or Aiden just dominate in the paint, you might say like, okay, like I might put him over Luca some. That's exactly what I was going to say. We, we've seen Luka Doncic play now. <laughs> you know, he, like, he just started playing first. And yeah. that that's kind of the whole thing. I still think it's super fun. I'd love to see him come into Dallas. I think he's, you know, the best talent. He has to me the best overall offensive game as of right now. But, so would you play him at the three? I know this is like way ahead of time, but like would you yeah, play him that, at the three and put Barnes at the four still and let's say Wes is back, okay? So we still have the same issue with, with Wes, Donkic, Barnes, and Dennis. So Dennis is your one. You I mean you'd have to just move West down to two. And that's probably put, what I would do is go West two, Donkic three. Or if you bring back Seth, let Luca run your second unit. I don't know if they'd do that, but Or I'd rather do have Seth run the second unit then. Yeah. It'd be intriguing. Luckily, how much will the draft I mean well, we're just thinking how much will the draft affect Dallas's free agency? You know, like if yeah. they get if they get a, a you know, an Aiton, does that do they even offer Nerlands? You know, if they get a Luca, you know, does that affect how they offer, you know, what they offer Seth? I can't so. wait for the tweet, the uh, the tweet from Nerlens when they draft DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be like, "LA weather's nice." Okay, the last guy we're gonna name before we go is uh, Mo Bamba. This is the guy I know the least amount about, but to me, he seems like a uh, he seems like I don't know, Hashim Thabitish to me. Talk me out of that. No, nah, dude, he can shoot, man. He's a freak. He's a the beat was like a tree, but a long tree. Like Bamba is a very he's super long and he's thin, but he can shoot threes and he can he's more mobile than the beat was. Like the beat, yeah, he's not the beat at all. So and it's something I was thinking about today, and now we'll set up probably like me and you. We should take a road trip to go see Bamba. Bamba's gonna be playing in Austin with Shaka Smart at Texas. I'm in. So, I'm in. Nick and I, we'll, we'll see if we can get locked on, locked on Mavs on the road. We'll go down there, scout Bamba for ourselves, and watch him dominate somebody. 
Let's actually let's let's actually really do that. Okay, somewhere I read a scouting report that Bamba can't shoot at all, so that's completely garbage. So no, watch it. Watch his highlights. Uh, they just had a scrimmage the other day, just like the others. And I mean, he his shot looks kind of weird, but I mean, he's pulling up from three. So no, I'm saying that their draft review is completely garbage. Then I'm gonna oh. <laughs> I'm gonna believe you over that. So uh, mm. I won't name drop who it is, but yeah, don't name drop. It's uh. Don't do it. I've just don't I've, do it, Nick. Don't do it, Nick. I've just netted myself another site that I won't go to. <laughs> um, Poor Draft Express, man. I miss Draft Express so much. Yeah, I love. It. I like Mike Schmitz and all those dude. Do you have? Do you have anything else? Because I was going to mention two things about the actual Mavericks team. Oh, are we going to actually talk about the actual? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going not the actual. Like we don't have to talk about the game, but there's two things I'm kind of like frustrated with from the fan base. And two things that kind of bothered me over the past like three or four days. Yeah, I mean, anything from the from the Minnesota game. Harrison Barnes had 17 points in the first half, didn't score at all in the second half. Dennis led the team in scoring with 18 points, five rebounds, only one assist, hmm. with four turnovers. Just you no, know, a couple stats that stood out to me. Dennis also had that dunk. Uh, the thing, yeah, something. I mean, nothing really huge stood out to me. Carl Anthony Towns is a monster. Monster Wiggins looked really nice. Yeah. He played. It's crazy when you watch them because it's almost like Jimmy Butler just like disappears. Yeah, you're like, where did Jimmy Butler go? This he was and that's one nice for, for them in, the, in that game. That's nice for them in the regular season, and because then they can bring him into playoffs and let him just like do his thing. But they won the rebounding battle by twenty three, I think, over Dallas, um, fifty six to thirty three, I think. Um, that was a uh, that was nasty. Carl Anthony Towns is better than Embiid. Um, you, He's better uh, offensively, but anyway. you don't agree with that. I don't. I think defensively, um, Joel Embiid's a defense all on his own. Towns can actually keep up with somebody though. Embiid is mobile, man. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Embiid isn't mobile stuff. Two two Mavs things real quick. I saw something and I heard something in the locker room the other day, and I saw something on Twitter, and they were complaining about Salah's blocks, and they say, "Okay, yeah, they're cool blocks, but he should keep them in bounds. They'd be better if he deflected them." Instead of swatting him out of bounds, he's just trying to be like a showboat type of guy. The crap you freaking talking about. <laughs> just be just be <laughs> excited that we have some defense on the court. Like if Salah wants to swat <laughs> it into the third row, third row, like please tell me, like please, please get out on the court and play an NBA game and sit there and try to say, like, it's hard enough to block a shot. Like, but now you're now we're gonna criticize how how they're blocking it to where oh some of these blocks are easy they he should just block it down so they can you know they can recover the ball he shouldn't be blocking out of bounds please don't got time for that that's a bad take it's a bad second it's a bad take on their part the uh the block the blocking the shot out of bounds gets not only the bench hyped which in a season where you're one in nine and now one in ten you need a little bit of hype. You need a little energy kicked in. It brings energy to the crowd. It brings energy to the bench. The bench all gets up and, and is like, oh, when that happens. It also stops the momentum of the offense. So whenever whatever the offense is doing, you have to stop. You have to reset. It gives your defense a chance to reset because – how many times have we seen a guy get a block and then the other you know the other team gets the offensive rebound off of that or whatever they categorize that as and put it back because the the guy took a swing and now he's on the ground because he already jumped for the block and the other team has the ball and puts it right back. I mean, I just see that yeah. all the time. So just put it out of play, get it, you know, it's it's almost the sense of like uh uh 
to me, it feels like a, a, you know, when a fumble happens in football and you just get down on the ball and you just like, you know, lay down on it instead of trying to like, uh, take it back. You know, when you, when you're running back and you try to like pick it up off the ground and try to run it back for a touchdown. Cause you know, you just take the automatic, the automatic is to swat it out of bounds, you know, and just to take the automatic, like stop and play. I mean, that's a big difference in the momentum of play for those things. But. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're just asking, I feel like sometimes we just ask too much, like, be happy that they didn't score the ball. They yeah. blocked it. But now we're getting now we're being even more picky saying, "All right, we want you to block it, but we want you to keep it in play too because if you don't keep it in play, then I'm going to be like, "Oh, cool block." But yeah, you're just kind of trying to be a little showboatist about it. You know, you're blocking it out of bounds. They get the ball back. Come on. Not Second, every, not everybody can Bill Russell, you know. Exactly. Block the ball, grab it, hold it, run up on the other side and and literally leapfrog somebody and and like jump over somebody and and should have dunked it if it was allowed. Everybody go YouTube. Bill Russell jumps over a guy <laughs> right now. We Salah is not Bill Russell, even though he thinks he probably is. But <laughs> the second thing, the same concept kind of goes into Harrison Barnes. And I know this is a talk, talked about contract, uh, con, talked about concept. But can we like the free throw thing is starting to get to me because He's dry. It's not like he's not driving the basketball. We can't help if he doesn't get calls sometimes. Like now we're getting on. Now we're saying, okay, Barnes. Like we want you to drive and draw contact. Now he's driving a ton, but we're really going to criticize how he contorts his body and how okay he's not drawing the fouls enough. He's not. I got a whole issue with that. That's a whole different ball game. We're not even considering when we're looking at the game saying, okay, well, we get down. You know what doesn't help Barnes driving in the paint? The fact that we get down by 20 points in the first quarter and we have to start jacking up threes to try to get into the game. Maybe that's part of the game plan of saying, like, yeah, we need to start shooting threes. How many? Where are we at in ranks as far as how many threes we're attempting as a team? Like, how that has to play into, you know, but the thing is, like, Barnes is still driving. Like, how many? Barnes doesn't get the calls like LeBron and some of them do. How many times do we see Barnes drive into the paint? And he he's I've seen him more this year, more frustrated and more animated and more yelling at the refs than we have the past couple years, really going back to his Golden State days, even Tariel days when I was watching Carolina. Like he's never this animated. And he is now because he is driving. He is drawing the contact. He just doesn't get the fouls all the time because he's not a LeBron KD and type of player. So I just think that it's another concept with Salah of saying Okay, cool that you got a block, but you need to do this also. Now we're saying, Harrison, oh, that's cool that you're driving and going against these Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, these guys, you're driving in trying to throw up a shot. But you know what? You need to angle your body more. You need to jump into a little bit Blair more. You need to do all this stuff to get to the free throw line. And, like, come on, man. Like, The Mavericks are second in three-pointers attempted per game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So second, that, so that's that doesn't a, that's you know that doesn't affect free throws at all either. You know, like so I I get your point. I think you can settle less for these these you know tough jumpers. We've already had that conversation, but yeah, yeah he's not, also not getting the calls. There's several but, times in the Pelicans game where he got fouled and did not go to the line. He was quite upset about it, like you said. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys, that's gonna do it for Locked On Mavericks today. That's our top five draft prospects. Uh, feel free to tweet us. Let us know how they are different in your board or however you feel that they should go. Uh, These will definitely change throughout the year and maybe even into next week. (laughs) 
So uh, keep checking back as we continue to look at those guys. Uh, go check out the pieces on Mavs Moneyball as well as the Smoking Cuban. Isaac has his top five draft prospects. I have my piece on Dennis Smith Jr. hitting the rookie wall. So go check those out. And uh, thanks for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.